Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 138, Adapting Sensors for Changing Inputs. Uh, this one's going to be somewhat quick. Uh, hopefully you'll find it interesting. It's I, I certainly have, uh, <laughs> but that's coming from a technician point of view. Uh, I'm going to be reading from an article. This is originally in, in a trade magazine called Import Car Magazine, and the article is by uh, Brian Sexton. A couple quick commercials. Uh, if you ever want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. Um, also, if you go to the main uh, publisher or supplier of this podcast, which is through podbean.com, and do a search for Brad Kyle's Motorworks Podcast, you'll come to the home page. Upper right-hand corner is a link for Become a Patron. And if you so uh, wish to, and uh, hopefully uh, I would appreciate the support, uh, you can uh, do a subscription type thing up to or $5 a month. You can do less, you can do more. It is can be recurring, or you could just do it one time. But what you get for that is I've taken about 12 to 15 episodes and made them available through subscription only. And the ones I picked were specifically because of that. If you apply the information that I give you in these episodes um, in your automotive ownership life, so to speak, there's no doubt in my mind you're going to save hundreds or thousands, even tens of thousands of dollars potentially over your automotive ownership life and hopefully reduce some frustration as well. So, um, you know, again, it's it's a benefit of subscribing and uh, it also helps obviously helps to support the podcast and uh, additional training down the road and so on. So, wow, can't talk today. So on and so forth. Anyway. Back to uh, where we are, adapting sensors for changing inputs. Uh, It feels an understatement to say that modern vehicles are smarter than ever before. With each new model year, vehicles seem to get lighter, more fuel efficient, and packed with more technology and safety systems. If there's one constant in the world of technology, it's change. Vehicles rely heavily on technology, specifically computing power. Does the term chip shortage ring a bell? Modern vehicles use dozens of control modules to operate everything from creature comforts to powertrain management. To, re- to auto repair pros, this isn't exactly news. We want to focus our attention today on one small facet of the technology inside modern vehicles, adaptations. What is an adaptation? Let's start with the basics. We will be focusing on the engine control unit, also known as the ECU, for the purpose of this example. And all OBD2 compliant ECUs are constantly learning. They achieve this by analyzing every single data input, then comparing that data against minimum and maximum values, which are pre-programmed by the OEM. Example number one, fuel trim. Let's go back in time to when engines were carbureted. The fuel mixture would be adjusted at the factory and the engine would run as expected for some time. However, over time, that fuel mixture would change slightly and the engine wouldn't run as well as it did before. This could be due to internal wear or maybe dirt finding its way inside the carburetor. 
So when the vehicle came in for service, the tech would need to manually adjust or trim the mixture to compensate for the change. This was done by tightening or loosening the mixture adaptation screw to make the mixture richer or leaner, whichever is needed. Results could be checked with an exhaust gas analyzer in the tailpipe. Fuel-injected engines have the ability to adjust the fuel mixture as needed on their own. This is called fuel trim. Manufacturers calculate the exact amount of fuel needed at any given RPM under any given engine load, then program the ECU with this data. The ECU compares the actual performance of the engine with the pre-programmed data and adjusts the fuel mixture as needed. In case you're wondering, this is, this is not in the article. That's called a fuel map. Okay, it's a fuel ignition map. And so in theory, when they're doing uh, dynamometer testing on the engine and on the uh, chassis of the car itself, they supposedly are literally actually gathering data points for every single possible uh, RPM, engine load, ignition point, uh, the amount of fuel to inject in, so on and so forth. And this actually becomes, if it's written as a, a two-dimensional drawing, it's, it's what looks like a three-dimensional map. Okay, hence the name fuel map. If the ECU finds that it needs to add more fuel than what is allowed by the programming, it will look at the oxygen sensors to see how the engine is running, and this can lead to a check engine light illuminating on the dashboard. Example number two, Mercedes-Benz transmission adaptations. Mercedes-Benz has long stood as a pioneer in the industry. Their automatic transmissions feature a fully adaptive control system which can change when gear shifts happen and how they feel based on real-time sensor and switch data. The system is able to automatically adapt to changes in engine performance, vehicle speed, and transmission temperature variations. This ensures the customer experiences the cons consistent shift quality and feel they expect from a luxury vehicle. Basically, the control system knows exactly how much time, in milliseconds, it should take to complete a shift. Advanced control systems, such as the one found in the 5G Tronic 722.6 transmission, can make real-time changes to gear shifts based on the few, a few factors. Vehicle acceleration and deceleration, the rate of change and position of the throttle pedal, lateral acceleration forces, and gear change frequency. This is commonly referred to as driving style adaptation. This type of adaptation does not retain any particular condition for a later date. Instead, it lives in the moment. Maybe like a lot of us should, possibly. <laughs> uh, the check engine light will illuminate if the control system sees that adaptations are outside of the specified acceptable range. Example number three, BMW crankshaft position sensor adaptations. For our last example, we will be referencing a BMW TSB SIB 110215 and looking at how the digital motor electronic looks at crankshaft positioning data. The DME compares live data from the crankshaft position sensor with the pre-programmed acceptable values and the information from other sensors on the engine. The reason why the sensor must be learned by the engine is due to the accuracy of the sensor. This accuracy allows the sensor to detect small changes in crankshaft speed. When the sensor is not learned by the DME, it can lead to cylinder balance miscalculations by the DME, making the engine run poorly and leaving the technician scratching their head. It can also lead to the misfire monitor from being completed. The adaptations must be cleared from the DME whenever any of the following repairs are completed. 
crankshaft position sensor replacement, incremental crankshaft sensor wheel replacement, crankshaft replacement, crankshaft replacement, engine with block with pistons, or complete engine replacement. In a way, the sensor is getting to know the engine and how it behaves so it can monitor for misfires. When done correctly, it will be able to take into account even slight changes in timing chain wear or tolerances in the reluctor ring placement and determine how the engine is running. Post-repair considerations. Repair procedures will obviously vary from one manufacturer to another, which is why it's so important to read the OEM repair documentation. Does the manufacturer require you to reset sensor adaptations? If yes, you need to follow their guidelines to the letter. There's nothing more maddening than using a scan tool to start a procedure just to have the system abort partway through. To reset the ad sensor adaptations, you may need to do something simple like perform a quick test drive or turn the steering wheel from lock to lock. This is used to reset some steering angle sensors. On the other hand, you may need a factory scan tool or similar aftermarket unit which is capable of initiating a relearn procedure from the control module. Pay close attention to any prerequisites listed on the scan tool or the repair documentation. The engine may need to be warmed up to within a particular temperature range or driven over a particular speed in order to successfully complete the relearn. So that's that one. Um, you know, again, it was really kind of more written for technicians, but I just thought it was an interesting article to give you more of an insight as the owner of the car if you're so interested in technical type stuff. Uh, what technicians are having to go through and, and learn and, uh, you know, some of the things that are going on in your car. So a lot of these sensors are, they are smart sensors, and but they, they do have to be adapted to, you know, your particular car. And a lot of times, like it says, it, it lives in the moment as far as it looks at how a particular person is driving the car. Uh, that's real common in the transmission arena. Uh, I know the example was talking about, B uh, excuse me, about Mercedes, but BMWs are the same way, where it, it will learn how you drive the car and uh, adapt the transmission shifting. It's very subtle adaptations. It's not huge changes that it makes. It's more of a very subtle thing, but it can be interesting. I've had situations where, let's say that, uh, you know, the, the wife was always normally driving the car, and then all of a sudden the, the husband starts driving it, and of course he drives differently. And then it, the car goes back to the wife, and now she's like, what's wrong with my car? Uh, because it, it will make subtle changes to how the car shifts. And so that kind of a scenario could come out to play, uh, you know, in, in that kind of a deal. And of course you end up, you find out there's really nothing wrong. You know, as a technician, you're I'm talking with them, and once we started learning about these different adaptation things, uh, you know, we, and assuming that there's no transmission fault indicator light on, a lot of times I would tell people, I go, when it was in that kind of a scenario, I'd say, look, uh, it got adapted to how the other person drive the car, drove the car. So uh, it needs to adapt back to how you drive it. And it does take some time, but, um, you know, it will, it will relearn, so to speak. So... Anyway, that's it for this one. I hope you found it uh, interesting and not, not too boring. Um, again, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, bkpodcast5 at uh, gmail.com. And, uh, you know, check out that uh, website I talked about for the homepage for the podcast. And uh, we'll go from there. Appreciate you listening. I hope you have a great day and a fantastic tomorrow.
Thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you. And thank you again.